0: God is good, amen. Boy, it's hot up here with these lights. I think they're trying to melt me, so I'll be quiet. Let's get our Bibles out this morning. Woof, getting a suntan up here. We're shifting a little bit in our... Say it again, bud. Oh, I dismissed them. Get out. Vámonos. Yeah. Shifting a little bit of focus here, we're going to be speaking about prayer for the next several weeks. First service, when I mentioned prayer, they went, ah. So what do you think about prayer, second service? Ah. Prayer's a good thing, amen? Prayer's our connection to heaven. It's our lifeline, amen? If you think about a deep-sea diver, the ones that go deep, deep in the ocean floor, you remember those guys with the big brass helmets on? One thing they've got, come on, is a lifeline that connects them to the surface that pumps oxygen to them, amen? That's the way I want you to think about prayer this morning. If you're not praying in the spiritual realm, you've turned blue a long time ago. You and I need to be connected to heaven, and prayer does that. To say that prayer is a big part of our Christian experience, our Christian walk, is a huge understatement. So it's with excitement that I... uh, You know, talk about this topic of prayer. We're going to have two scriptures, uh, texts that we're going to work out of during this series. It's going to be at least three parts, God willing. Uh, Luke 11. uh, We're going to start in verse 2 of Luke 11, and then we're going to look at Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. So let me just read to you uh, two portions of scripture this morning, and then we'll jump right in as we uh, study the topic of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. We thank you uh, for what's on your heart today. You want us to connect with you, Lord. And Father, prayer is the way we do it. So Father, open the word up to us today and give us wisdom and motivate us and inspire us to seek your face with all of our hearts today in the place of prayer. God, we ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. Luke 11, uh, starting in verse 1, says, It happened... That while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Uh, Skipping over to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, Jesus again speaking, says this, And when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by men. Truly, I say to you that they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetitions. The King James says vain repetitions. Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen or the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Talking about prayer this morning, prayer is our lifeline to heaven. Prayer is what connects us to the Father. It's what connects us to the Lord Jesus. Prayer facilitates the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we pray and we begin to hear the Holy Ghost and begin to fall in line with the plan of God, He orders our steps and He instructs us. How many have heard the Holy Spirit speak to you in a way that just uh, changed the course of your life and kept you safe from the plans of the enemy? Come on, say amen. 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 Prayer is something we all need to cultivate in our lives. And if we're being intellectually and spiritually honest with ourselves this morning, we've got to admit that all of us could use more prayer in our lives. Amen. Come on, second service. No matter how much we pray, no matter how good our prayer life is, we can always use more prayer. Prayer is one of those things where you can't, you know, you can't get enough of. You say, well, how much prayer is enough prayer? Well, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. So, I mean, you do the math on that one, amen. There was one day as a young Christian, I decided I'm going to pray all day. Everything I'm doing, while I'm doing it, I'm going to talk to God. And I had a really amazing day that day. Uh, Almost hit a few cars in traffic, swerved off the road a little bit. But God showed me something that we truly can pray without ceasing if we just keep an open dialogue with heaven, amen. So prayer is important. Prayer is our connection to heaven. Prayer is something we all need more of. Uh, in Luke 11, 1, uh, even the most seasoned saints that were walking with Jesus, they dared to ask this question. They said here in Luke 11, 1, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of his disciples, doesn't say who, uh, asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. What a, what a question that is. What a statement that is, Amen. It doesn't say which disciple said it, you know. Otherwise, you know, maybe if their name was in there, it would say, see, I'm more spiritual than all of them. It was probably Peter. Peter didn't eat any more ego food. So it doesn't say who said it. But, you know, what a great question to ask Jesus, amen? Teach us to pray. Now, the, the clue that is given here, now we're going we're gonna to unpack a lot of this here in these two scriptures. Today we're going to look at five lessons of prayer Uh, Should the Lord tarry and we continue uh, to be uh, be here on the earth and meet with him, we're going to go to three effective marks of prayer and then we're going to dissect the Lord's prayer uh, verse by verse and find out that it's a template for prayer that we can apply to our lives and revolutionize our prayer lives. Amen. So that's kind of where we're headed. it starts off here in Luke 1.1 1, 1, where it says, it happened. Did you notice that? It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place. Whenever I see something like it happened, I want to know what happened. Yeah. Amen. Anybody have an inquisitive mind? it happened. Well, what happened? Here's what happened. The disciples were watching Jesus pray, and when he was done, one of them, if not all of them, saw a level of mastery and connection in prayer that they saw in Jesus that they knew they didn't have. They saw Jesus connecting with the Father. They saw Jesus flowing from his heart, just pouring himself out before his Father in heaven. And when they saw that, something happened. They looked at him and thought, this guy knows something about prayer that we don't know. And so the question became, Lord, teach us to pray. What had happened here is that Jesus had inspired them. Have you ever been inspired by someone? Come on, second service. You're looking at, you're just staring at me like you've never been inspired before. If you see like a world-class athlete, maybe you're, you know, you're, you're a basketball player, you're a young kid, you're a baseball player, you see an athlete that's a world-class athlete, maybe you see a musician that is just incredible at the top of their game, and you watch them play their game, or you watch them play their instrument, and it inspires you. And you're like, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a part of all of us that says, I want to do that. Amen. You look inspired this morning. Praise God. Come on, work with me here. Well, Jesus had inspired them, just like a a musician or a world class athlete. You know, you want that person, teach me to play like you play. Teach me to hit a baseball, to, you know, to pitch like you pitch. Teach me to dunk a basketball. Now, my dream to dunk a basketball died at conception. Just never was going to happen. Don't have a good vertical. If I jump as high as I can, you can slip two sheets of paper under my feet. (laughs) But when you see somebody perform at an amazing level, you're like, yeah, I I want you to teach me that. And that's what you're seeing here with the disciples. It happened. They they were inspired. They saw Jesus do something. Now, uh, we're going to see the fact that his disciples astutely conclude, this guy knows some things about prayer that we don't know, and we want him to to show us what he knows. So here are the five lessons in prayer. The first prayer lesson is this. We have to approach God with humility in prayer. We don't barge into the throne room. We don't come in with arrogance. We don't strut in. We don't make demands. We don't pray at God. Come on. Have you ever heard some Christians pray at God, quote his word back to him and tell him what he has to do? Come on this morning, if you're quiet, this is just going to go longer. I can go all day. We have to come to the place of prayer with humility. You know, the truth is, without humility, humility it's, I can't even say it, without humility, it's really foolish to approach God. You hear what Dizzy was saying this morning when he was leading worship? The fact that, you know, the Old Testament saints, they approached God with fear. Why? Because if they came with the wrong heart or the wrong attitude, sometimes they didn't make it out alive. The priests, when they went to the Holy of Holies once a year, they would actually put bells on their Foot and put a rope on the other foot. So why, If you went into the Holy of Holies and there was sin in the priest, God would strike them dead. And they would have to drag them out because if they went in, they would be struck dead. You might remember when the priests reached out to try and steady the ark and they, they tried to touch the presence of God, God struck them dead. It was a fearful thing to approach God in the Old Testament. Thank God for Jesus that we can now approach him with boldness. Amen thank God for Jesus that we don't have to be afraid, but we should still have reverence for his presence, and we still should approach him in humility. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I don't want to come into God's presence and get more resistance. I don't know about you. I've got enough resistance in my life. I got to deal with me. I got to deal with the devil. I got to deal with a lot of people and personalities. See, I put those in order of difficulty. But humility is the way to approach God, so there's no resistance, so he can bless us, so he can pour himself out on us. Now, you and I need to approach God in humility with a level of reverence that properly reflects who God is and who we are. There is a God, and we're not him. We're sinners saved by grace. We come in clothed by the blood of Jesus into the presence of God. That's our only access. But sometimes we need a little reality check about who we are. Now, sometimes we should just pause in life and look around at creation and drink in the splendor of everything God made. Sometimes we should just pause in life and think about what he's done for us as individuals. Man, he's been so good to me. Has he been good to you? He's been so gracious. You see, Pastor, did he give you second chances and third chances and fourth chances and, and fifth chances? Amen? Amen he has been so good to us. Our God is an awesome God. Amen. And we should approach him as an awesome God. It's actually insane not to reverence him, not to reverence him as creator, as savior and Lord, because that's who he is. Albert Einstein said, anyone, listen to this, anyone who is not lost in the rapturous awe at the That the power and the glory of the mind behind the universe is as good as a burnt-out candle. Wow. Einstein guy was pretty smart. What is he saying? He here's a man who understood the intricacies of, you know, physics and some of these things and all all these lofty ideas, and he looked into the universe, and what he saw behind it was a creator who was an awesome God. And he's saying if you don't look at that and be in awe, then there's something wrong with you. You're like a burnt-out candle. Have you ever met any burnt out candles? Just no sense of God's presence, no sense of awe at creation. We should approach him with a sense of awe, with humility, amen? A proud person, uh, you know, it, it gets stuck in their own pride. Uh, just asking someone to teach us is an act of humility. Do you realize that? For the disciples to say, Lord, teach us to pray, that was an act of humility. To ask somebody to teach you what they know means that you have to admit, I don't know what you know. I'm not where you are, but I want to learn from you. Some people never get past that point in life. Some people are so stuck in pride, they can't admit they don't know something. When I was a young man working in construction, I saw people all the time who would try to fake it till they make it. They would try to pretend they knew what they were doing and they would never admit that they needed help or that they could learn from someone else. You know, you're on the job with with a master mason or a master carpenter, yet you're too proud to ask for help or have them show you something. It's quiet now. Boy, our pride gets in the way in life, isn't it? And here are the disciples, and they're humble, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. That's the right approach. Come to God with humility. Uh, when we deconstruct the Lord's Prayer and we take a look at it, it's going to show us exactly how to approach God in the correct posture of humility. Let's move on to prayer lesson number two. <coughs> prayer le- lesson number two is to be teachable. This kind of goes along with humility, but... It's more than just humility. We can say, "Lord, teach us to pray," and then not be teachable. Uh, when the disciples said, "Lord, teach us to pray," Jesus took them up on it, and he wanted to show them the exact way—the exact way to do it. Oh, don't cry; it's going to get better. <laughs> so. Being teachable is part of being humble, but it's more than just being humble. L- listen to me. It's one thing to ask to be taught. It's another thing to be teachable. Right. You got to get this this morning. Oh, well, you know, I want the Lord to teach me to play, pray. Are you willing to submit to the teacher when he teaches you, amen? You say to the teacher, I want to do this. Well, you got to do that. I don't want to do that. You got to work hard. You got to study. You got to discipline yourself. You got to set time aside, Amen. So it's more than just being, you know, saying that I want to be taught. It's another thing to be teachable. A student must submit to the teacher. Look, now, I'm not saying this that you need, you know, as a pastor, I want to micromanage your life and control and tell. No, I'm talking about God. We need to submit to God, amen? Yes, we submit to leadership and stuff, but I don't have time to micromanage and teach. The Holy Spirit does that job, amen? so this is not me trying to exert authority over anybody this is me pointing you to god and saying god is the teacher the holy spirit's the teacher you need to submit to him i need to submit to him and be teachable when you and i submit to a teacher and they know what we don't know we stand a good chance to learn something now i'm going to show you a video clip in just a minute here But, you know, when we submit to a teacher, there's going to be times where we don't want to do what they tell us to do. How many have ever been told to do something by a teacher, a boss, a a parent that you didn't want to do it? Amen. Praise God. Honest people in church. There's some liars out there, but... Submitting to the teacher means doing what they tell you to do, even when you don't understand it and even when you don't agree with it. Now, listen, those who learn the fastest and do the best are the ones that submit to the teacher. Now, I'm going to show you a clip here from uh, a movie, The Karate Kid, where Mr. Miyagi is teaching Danielson. To me, this is one of the most powerful movie clips that I've ever seen. So uh, as you watch this, enjoy it. For the people who miss church today, we got to watch The Karate Kid.
1: But spot? What spot? Hey, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were going fishing? You not here when I go. Well, maybe I wouldn't want her to go, you ever think of that? You karate training. I'm what? I'm being you slave is what I'm being, man. Now, we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? For four days? I do want to think. Uh. You learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wax your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? And ah, not everything is as simple. Oh, right. I'm going home, man. Danielson, Danielson. What? Come here. Show me, sand the floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! What... Ow, what are you doing? Now show me... ...sand the floor. How did you do that? Shut! Sure. Sand the floor. Stand up. Show me... ...sand the floor. Sand of Sand of Big sucker. Sand of Now show me wax on, wax off. Hey! Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. wax on, on hat. Hey. Wax off, at, concentrate, look my eye, lock a hand, thumb inside, wax on, at, wax off, at, wax on, at, wax off, at, wax on, wax off, show me pentafence, up, down. Down, up, down, other side, look eye. Always look eye. Show me, paint the house, side, side. Blacklist, side, 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 side. show me, wax on, wax off. Show me paint a fence. Hats! 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 Show me side to side. Yes! That! 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 Show me sand of floor. Hats! 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 Hey, look I always look i Come back tomorrow.
0: I'll tell you that, some people don't get that, but to me that's one of the greatest scenes in a movie I've ever seen. Because it shows us so many times the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us stuff and we're stubborn and we got a bad attitude and we think nothing's working, he's not doing anything. Trust the teacher. Trust the teacher. He's training you, he's ordering your steps, he's perfecting what concerns you. Trust the teacher. Be humble and be teachable. Those who listen to the teacher learn the fastest. And do the best. So trust the teacher. We're going to move on to Matthew chapter 6 here and get the last three prayer lessons. Listen to Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. I'm just going to read it to you. And then we're going to hit these last three lessons. And when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites for they love standing to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Truly I say to you, They have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen to verse seven. And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless, vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them. for Your father knows what you need before you ask. Prayer lesson number three, avoid hypocrisy in prayer. You say, well, how is it possible to be a hypocrite? I'm praying. God told me to do it. You know, it's got to be a good thing anyway. I do it. No, we can definitely cross into the area of hypocrisy. It says, you know, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrite. What makes prayers hypocritical? And I'll tell you what it is. It's when prayers are performance-based or they're done with showmanship or they're done to demonstrate a person's spiritual superiority over others. Get this, if you've been around the block, if you grew up in church, you know you've seen people who had that hypocritical sense of spiritual superiority over others. And that when they had a moment to show their spirit, spirituality, maybe in prayer, they used all these big words and flowery words and quoted scriptures and yelled and were theatrical all to show you how spiritual they were. And God says that's hypocrisy, and to avoid it in the place of prayer. Prayer is not to be performance-based. Prayer is not a show. It's not a demonstration of one's spirituality. We should not crave the attention of man when we're doing spiritual things. It's very important today. Listen, second service, get this. We should not crave the attention of man when we're doing spiritual things. Whether we're praying or whether we're doing works or whether we're giving, the Pharisees were all about getting attention. They're like, I'm giving. Someone sound the horn. Here I come. Look how much I'm giving. You know, they come up with a roll of ones and they're peeling them off. Oh, are those 20s? And they wanted to be seen by men. They wanted to do things so people would say, oh, look how spiritual they are. Look how holy they are. It was performance-based. It says it right here. The hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so they may be seen of men. God's saying, don't do that. We shouldn't crave the attention of man when we're doing spiritual things. Now, hypocrites love to be seen and heard by people, and they don't this is, how, this is how bad it gets when you just want the attention of man. They want to be seen and heard by people, but they don't care if God sees or hears what's going on. Wow. That's a bad place to be spiritually. My life's a mess. I'm in all kinds of sin. I'm undisciplined. I'm not committed. I got a bad attitude. But boy, can I pray. Boy, do I give. Oh, it's quiet now. That's hypocrisy, and it has no place In the life of a child of God, it has no place, a full gospel center. We're to do things not performance-based. We're we're not to be showmen, but we are to uh, pray because we love the Lord and we want to connect with him, amen, in sincerity, in purity, in humility. There is no spiritual reward for showmanship in the kingdom of God. Look what it says here. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. What's Jesus saying? There's no spiritual reward for that. You, you got your reward. Everybody thought, oh, you're so holy. You're so spiritual. I want to be just like you when I grow up. Wrong attitude. Hypocrisy and prayer has got to go. Prayer lesson number four, get alone with God. Now, yes, public prayer is valid and it's important. Say amen. Public prayer is an important thing that we express ourselves to the Lord In a public setting, prayer in church is important. Amen. Well, this is a tough crowd this morning, Pastor Mike. Prayer with other Christians is important. Yeah, some of you never shut up until I start preaching. I watch you talk. I say something. Come on! All of that stuff is valid. I just said. Amen. You, you, we can pray with each other. We can pray in public. We, that doesn't make us hypocrites. But listen to me. Uh, prayer is mostly an alone thing with God. Our prayer needs to be, you, you know, like an iceberg. If you've ever seen an iceberg, the, what's showing through the surface is only the tip of the iceberg. But if you look underneath, there's a massive structure underneath it. What we pray uh, with the Lord when it's just us, when we're alone, that needs to be the massive structure under our public expression. Amen. Because uh, what's going to strengthen our prayer life and what's going to please the Lord is when we do it alone with just us and the Lord. Uh, Our praying has to be more private than it should be public. Look what it says. You know, the inner room, the closed door, pray in secret. That's pretty clear, isn't it? This is what God is asking for, amen? Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people, they wouldn't like this at all. Well, if I pray in secret, no one's going to see me. Exactly. Amen? No one wants to see you. No one wants to hear you. Your spouse is even tired. Go somewhere and pray to the Lord. He wants to hear you. He wants to see you. Oh, bless the Lord get alone with God. Oh, that alone time with God is something that a lot of us avoid because then we have to be honest with God and we have to face some issues. Some of us surround ourselves with all kinds of busyness so we don't have to really, you know, admit what's going on in our lives. But God wants alone time with us in the inner room, with the closed door, in the secret place. Do we have a secret place like the one David describes in Psalm 91? You and I need to have a secret place. It could be in our closet. It could be in our garage, in the attic. It could be in the basement. It could be in the car as we drive to work. But all of us need a secret place. We need a place to meet alone with God. If the only time we pray is when we're in church or when we're with other Christians or if we're in public, there's something wrong with our prayer life. We need that secret place. David described the secret place in Psalm 91:1. Look what he said. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David was a shepherd boy out in the fields. He was all alone. It was just him and the sheep And I don't know about you, but sheep don't provide great interaction and dialogue. So David learned to talk to the Lord and pray to the Lord and commune and connect with the Lord. Amen. He learned to have that secret place and we need to learn to have that too. Get yourself a spot. Make sure there's no computer, there's no phone, there's no distractions there. You know, I mean, it's got to be empty. I can be distracted by anything. I'll play with a piece of fuzz for 20 minutes. <laughs> the ADD generation, right? Oh, I found this paperclip. Bend it into a swan, I don't know what. But a secret place, an alone place, a quiet place with just you and God. And get there and spend time there and spend the bulk of your prayer time there. Uh, Let let it be the, the superstructure under the tip of the iceberg so that when we come and we pray in public, we have something to say to bless our brothers and sisters, amen? Look, if I don't spend time in his presence, I don't spend time in prayer, I don't spend time in the word, I don't have anything to say behind this pulpit that's worth getting up for on Sunday morning. I'll tell you right now, I'd sleep in too. But once I've heard from the Lord, amen, it's worth getting up for. So the secret place, find one and get there and develop your prayer life. God rewards those who do more praying in secret than who do praying in public. Amen. Number five, we're going to conclude with prayer lesson number five. And it's quite simply, don't pray like a pagan. Any pagans out there? Please don't raise your hand. Do you know pagans pray? Do you know ungodly people pray? People in cults pray? People in false religions pray? Some of them pray longer than we do. Some of them pray more uh, uh, fervently and sincerely than Christians do. Come on. Just because you're praying doesn't make it spiritual. And just because you're praying doesn't mean that God hears it and that you're connected to him. The heathen pray as well as the Christian pray. And the scripture is telling us here, Jesus with his own mouth is telling us, don't pray like the heathen. Look what he says in Matthew 6, 7. And when you are praying, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pagan prayer pack practices, that, that's hard to say. Say that three times fast. Pagan prayer practices. Practices have crept into Christianity for centuries. Yeah. Some of you are trying to. Bah, 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 bah. Loud, voluminous prayer. Some people think the louder they yell, the more spiritual they are. Have you ever heard people that pray like this? Volumes, huge, just on and on and on. The Holy Spirit went home. Jesus went home. The church is empty, and they're still yelling, blah, 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 blah. And that passes for spirituality. And I'll tell you what, a lot of times it's not. I heard people screaming and yelling. I'm thinking, what? And then I'm listening to what they're screaming and yelling. Not only did it not make sense, it wasn't even scriptural. All the screamers are glaring at me. (laughs) Uh Repetitious prayers done in unison. I've been on some... TV channels where you got people praying scripted prayers all together in unison. And it sounds cultish. It sounds, it's weird. It's kind of creepy. It's not from the heart. It's a prayer somebody else wrote. And they're all saying it together. And it sounds like, you know, a funeral dirge. And I'm like, this is passive for spirituality. Or these prayers that, you know, I don't want to hear what, you know, when you pray what Martin Luther prayed or what Billy Graham prayed. or Listen, we need to pray our own prayers from the heart. Amen. We're children of God, amen. We have a relationship with him. Get this voluminous prayers, long, lofty prayers, prayers that use big words and spout theology, prayers that are repetitious, and over and over again, people praying with prayer beads. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we should pray a scripted prayer with prayer beads. That's pagan. The heathen do that. Come on. The same prayer over and over again, 25 of these, 25 of those. Boy, I got some competition this morning, huh? God doesn't want us to pray scripted prayers. He wants us to pray from the heart. God doesn't want us to pray over and over again. He's not deaf. He heard us. God doesn't need us to scream and yell. He knows what we need before we express our hearts to him. So don't pray like the heathen, amen. When you pray, pray to your Father in heaven in Jesus' name. Pray from your heart, pray with passion. If it gets a little loud and it's sincere, praise God. Amen. Pray using common language. This is another one. People break into King James in the middle of prayer. I've heard people, thou thus thoughest, thou shallest, this is that it. And I heard one lady say, bequeath one time. <laughs> Be who? Be what? Thou bequeathest us. Blah, 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 blah. I want to smack her with my Thompson chain bible. Whack! Bequeath. I know it's in the Bible, it's King James, but it's like these people—they pray. All of a sudden, they're praying in King James. All of a sudden, their accent changes. Now you're Southern. Now, hallelujah! You know, come on. Or they're. Or their inflection changes, you know, God, uh, this, uh, and that, uh, hallelujah. Will you cut it out? It's fake. Come on, it's fake. Well, I'm getting my church on. Well, get it off. It's ungodly. It's pagan. It's a performance. It's a show. Stop it. Pray sincerely from the heart. Pray with humility. Don't grandstand. Don't try and be a big shot. Amen. Some of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard were prayed by little children right. out of the purity of their heart. Right. Yeah. And, man, just, I mean, the, the anointing on that thing and knock your socks off. Wow. God, give me that tender, childlike heart that's not performance-based, that doesn't care what other people think and don't need to be heard. But this, I want to connect with you in sincerity and in purity from the secret place Just with common vernacular. God is not impressed with our big words and our theology. Oh, he's got to answer that one. I used three words I didn't even understand. Put them in a sentence together. When you pray, don't pray like the heathen do. Pray like a Christian prays. Jesus is going to tell us how to do that in the Lord's Prayer here. We're going to deconstruct it and take a look at every facet of it. But today we've just covered five prayer lessons. Pray with humility, be teachable, avoid hypocrisy, get alone with God, and don't pray like the heathen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, I just thank you for this study and prayer. And, Father, we just confess we need more prayer. We need more of a connection with you. We need more time alone in your presence. We need less time at work. We need less time at the computer. We need less time on our phones, on social media. We need more time in the secret place with you. So, God, change our hearts. And, Father, make us teachable today. Father, that we would come to you with the same attitude and even the same request as the disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Some of us have walked with you for decades, but Lord God, you can bring us to the next level in prayer if we'll come with humility and allow you to teach us. Father, when we don't understand your leading, help us not to complain or have a bad attitude, but to trust the teacher. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise this morning.